Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Criminally Disturbed. I am Paul. And I'm Jamie. And we are coming to you from the closet. Hey, but I have a new microphone. Yes, we have a new microphone for her. Ordered it, came in uh, this week, and uh, we're excited to get it tested out, see how you sound. Yeah, because apparently my voice is just being an asshole. And the mics we had were not working. So we're thinking maybe this mic might work. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, so far, so good. It's what it looks like on the recording anyway that I can see. Yay. So we'll we'll see how it sounds. And, uh, you know, hopefully it'll be it'll be good. So and that looks like as close to a professional podcast microphone or recording microphone that you can get. Yeah. I mean, it's. It's literally in my face. Yeah, well. (laughs) Well, partially in my face. Right, so. All right. Real quick, I wanted to tell everybody a funny story, but then I was thinking to myself. Sorry. I had to let him pop his top. Um, You know, we really haven't shared a lot about ourselves for our listeners to kind of understand why we... Well, I know you find this story funny, so I'm going to go ahead and tell it, but I have a little list, not a long list of, you know, just some generic questions, so some of our listeners... Are these for me? For both of us to oh, answer. okay. Yeah. All right. But the funny story is um, our oldest turned 24 mm-hmm. this past week, and she came over and she brought her new boyfriend with her, so it was our first time meeting him, Yeah. and of course... You know, we acted ourselves. Yeah. And so we go out to eat and we get back and he <laughs> and he told us that we had a wholesome family. That's what he said. <laughs> and I how dare him tell lies like that. And we both bless his heart, we both busted out laughing in his face. Um, I do think we ha- we do have a good family, but we're not yeah. wholesome like Brady Bunch wholesome. Right. We're more like the Adams family. Something like that. Yeah. So that's why I found that funny. But then I was like, well, our list, some of our listeners know us personally, yeah. but there's a lot that don't know us. Right. So, you know, just a couple of questions real quick. I don't want to make it long. Sure thing. Because some people might not care. Have at it. Okay. What is your favorite animal? Uh, the the wolf. <laughs> Mine is tigers. Yep. The wolf. Oh, I actually saw a video today. Uh, I think it went through on my Facebook page. It was a wolf subduing a tiger. Oh. I have to show you that video. That sucks. Well, no. I think they may have been like playmates. <gasps> oh. Grew up together. okay. Yeah, and that, that wolf, man, you he, he had that, that snarl in his uh-huh. teeth. And, uh, and that tiger just was like, okay, I got you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. What was your favorite subject in school? Like when you actually went to school? I was fixing to say, um, my favorite subject was skipping. Uh huh. But, um, <laughs> let me see here. You know, believe it or not, it was math. Okay. I don't know why. I'm actually kind of surprised. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I I didn't I didn't really like it when I was taking it, but it was probably one of the classes that I did the best at, and and not just in high school, but also in college uh-huh. as well. So 
Well, mine is math. And I well, think that's kind of obvious because I do work in accounting. Yes, so. <laughs> you have a degree in accounting. And you mentioned this before. I did. That you have a degree in accounting and uh, I have a degree in ditch digging. Right. And for those of you out there that don't understand that joke, I have a degree in construction management. So I manage projects. So that's what I do. And that's actually how we met. We met at work. That's correct. So... She was a carpenter on what? one of the job sites, and I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and he does like to joke around a lot, and I do too. So, yep. yeah, another little tidbit for everybody to know. Yep. What is your favorite food? Steak. I don't have a favorite. I eat anything. I mean, but steak. If I could, you know, I mean, that would be it, and it would be cooked the way that I cook it. Medium, rare. Medium. So, and he uh, does cook a good steak. We have entered in some competitions, mm -hmm. cooking competitions. And, and he won. has won. And we have trophies and things for, not for the steak. We placed our uh, honorable mention, I guess, mm -hmm. uh, in the steak. But when it came to the brisket, yes, the ribs, the, the uh, you know, the, the barbecue, the, the brisket and the ribs, really. That's where we won money, money, and and things like that. So and trophies, and trophies, and plaques, and mm -hmm. you know, t-shirts, whatever. Um, what is your biggest pet peeve? Procrastination. <gasps> yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Disrespect. Yeah. Procrastination, disrespect. I, can see that. I guess. I, I guess any of those things. I mean, you know, we all work hard. Mm -hmm. We all work hard for what we have mm -hmm. um, and you don't want to be disrespected and procrastination is not a part of hard work no mm -hmm. so yeah mine is do you know what mine is um no okay i'm going simply with this i can't stand people who smack their oh. food when they are eating <laughs> yeah I didn't know that that I knew that was one, but I didn't know that was at the top of your list. Um, I'm sure I probably have others at the top of my list, probably depending on what mood I'm in. But if you are <laughs> smacking or you feel you have to talk to me with your mouth full of food, yeah. get out of my face. <laughs> yeah. Uh-uh. That yeah. will make me really feel like I want to stab somebody in the eye with my fork. Mm. Okay. What is your favorite holiday? Um... Golly, I, you know, a lot of people would say Christmas or they would say Halloween. Yes. Um, uh, you know, some others may, you know, say Valentine's Day or something like that. You know, to be honest with you, any holiday that I can cook on the smoker is my favorite holiday. <laughs> well, I mean, that could be any holiday. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> that's what that, you know, that's it. Right. Now, I... I the holiday season, mm -hmm. from Thanksgiving to Christmas to New Year's, mm -hmm. it's just the gathering that yep. I like, and and it doesn't even have to have presents or anything like that. It's it's the cooking, it's the coming together around the table that I enjoy the most. So, well, yours is Halloween or Christmas. Well, Christmas <laughs> and then Halloween is a close second. Yeah, because we celebrate Halloween, and then we immediately go to Christmas, which nobody in my house agrees with me, but I 
I mean, I collect Santas. I have how many? I don't know. And I'm not, I'm not talking like the little cute porcelain ones you set on your shelf. I'm talking about the ones that you stand, stand up beside up the, on the fireplace. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think we've got about. I don't know, twenty. What? Yeah. No, remember we got. A, I got about thirty, and I'm constantly wanting more. Yep. So, and then yes, Halloween. Um, we do go all out for Halloween. We have animatronics that we set up in our yard on, on the day of Halloween because obviously you can't leave them outside. We don't right. want them to get ruined. So, yeah, that's another big deal at our house. Right. Um, one last thing. Okay. What do you fear? Snakes. Yeah. That's my only fear. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and for uh, for physical items, mm -hmm. it would be it would be snakes. Yeah, that's where I was kind of going with that yeah. question, you know. Yeah, and I know yours is spider. <sighs> yeah. If I so. get a spider on me, I will immediately die. <laughs> yeah, I, I just uh, it's something about snakes. Uh, yeah, they have. Uh, they're they're like Lieutenant Dan. They have no legs. That's true, and yep. that's very creepy. It is. And it is. yeah, and any. Spider, I see, I automatically <laughs> you got a tarantula. You've got the opposite. Of, right. You know, yeah. yours has all of the legs, <sighs> and mine has no legs. So Yeah, and mine, and <clears throat> I've never really heard you describe too many snakes, but I would assume anytime you've seen one, you would probably say, well, that was a damn python. No. Uh, I mean, I can, I can identify snakes. Oh, okay. But I just, you know, I, I don't, I don't fear man. Mm -hmm. I don't fear, I just, I don't fear wild animals or anything like that, except for snakes. Yeah. It's just snakes. Mm -hmm. I will much rather wrestle an alligator <laughs> and, than to mess with yeah, a snake. That's true. So. Okay. Well, okay. I guess for me, the spider deal, if I see a spider that's bigger than a nickel and that's including like leg size and all if it spreads out further than a nickel then it's automatically a tarantula and my husband can attest that i will not mess with a spider so even if he tells me just step on it no because it could jump on my damn foot so yeah funny story okay i'm gonna ladies and gentlemen that are listening i'm fixing to make her squirm in her chair oh no so i was living in another state at the time mm -hmm. and i saw a spider crawling across my driveway okay and i saw this from my garage <gasps> it was massive oh i would have went in the house oh yeah well you probably would have burned the entire property yeah I probably from what would've. i'm fixing to tell you so okay. The biggest spider I'd ever seen in person without a cage, you mm -hmm. know, not not being in a cage. Come to find out it was a, in the state that I was in, it was called a wolf spider. Oh, gosh. And uh -huh. this thing was every bit of about four inches across. Oh. It was huge. So I was like, oh, my goodness, man, this thing is big. And I didn't know anything you about You didn't go spiders. out there to it, did you? I sure enough did. What the hell's wrong with you? They jumped. Oh, it attacked your leg, didn't it? No. Okay. But the millions of babies oh. that was on its back yeah. went everywhere. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. My driveway would have been on fire. Yeah. 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 So, but, but hey, you're lucky it didn't jump on you. Yeah. I know that they, I did find out afterwards that they do jump. Yeah. 
-hmm. and uh, they are aggressive. Yes. Uh, but mm -hmm. not when they're carrying babies on their back. I figured that they would be more aggressive when they were carrying babies. No, because they can lose them if they get aggressive. Oh. So, anyway, okay. that's my tr true life story of my encounter with a big, big spider. <sighs> so, I'm not not afraid of spiders. So, yeah. you seem, I've killed them for you and stuff. He does, yeah. Because yeah. the kids will come and get me, Mama, come get the spider. And I'm like, not today. <laughs> and then my lovely husband will go take care of it for me. Yeah. Because I love you so much. Oh, I love you. So, thanks for these questions. Yeah, I think that uh, that was pretty fun. And I mean, if if I didn't, if we didn't answer anything that anybody was curious about, I mean, yeah. you can always email us at seedisturbedpodcast at gmail .com. or reach out to us on our Facebook page, Criminally mm -hmm. Disturbed. And we've also we've uploaded the part two to the Velisca axe murders. And we've also uploaded the part two to the Jefferson Davis 8. It's actually not called Velisca Axe Murders. I know. But, I mean, it was the Velisca House. It was. House. It was. Sorry, I called it something totally different. But if anybody has, and they're, they're both unsolved, if anybody has any theories that they want to share, yep. um, please feel free to email us about that. Yep. Or you can hit us up on the Insta. Yeah. We are on the Insta now. Yep. That's right. Mm -hmm. So. So, yeah, two new episodes we got out there. Mm -hmm. Hope that you guys out there enjoy them. Right. We've got many more. Yes. You've got one for us tonight. I've got one that I'm, I was trying to get mine also, you know, done where we could get it recorded tonight. But mm -hmm. I'm, I'm having a little difficulty. There are several different ways uh -huh. that you can tell this story. You can tell it from this person's point of view or from oh, this person's point of view, yeah. or from the victim's point of view. Right. And so, I, I'm having a little difficulty. I gotcha. Um, there's not a lot of information about the victims in my story out there, but uh, and and that's where that's I really like to try to bring you know a lot of awareness about the victims and things. The only problem well, is yeah. in this story, there's not a lot of information about the victims and so I, gotcha. I couldn't even find the day their birthday so I'm, I'm having a little difficulty is it an older one like an older case um uh 1960s yeah yeah okay. 1960s but and and it's not unsolved but anyway we'll get into that i'll try to figure it out and i'll try to get it uh, uploaded as quickly as i can okay and, and then you are also working on one yes and that is very popular yes and i'm not going to say the name but apparently it do, it does have ties here to our not our hometown but the t next town over from us um but the majority of the murders happened in another state and i'm not going to say the state right so it, it might it's probably going to be a two-parter because a homeboy was really busy. He was he, busy. Yeah, and I know which one she's talking about. And and yes, there's actually a completely other story that goes along with one of his victims. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for the one that you're doing tonight as well. Yes, I'm excited about this one too. Do you yeah. want me to go ahead? Yeah, let's get into it right now. Right now? Okay. Tonight... 
we are going to learn about skinwalkers. I am terrified already. Yes. And obviously, as I don't know how much everybody knows about skinwalkers, but this is another Native American legend. Mm-hmm. My resources, I got a lot from the internet, a lot of different websites. Um, what I want to point out, though, is there's really not an abundance of info out there. And you, I'll tell you why in a minute. I mean, it wasn't like the Wendigo where I literally went and got a couple of books and was able to see everything that I wanted to know. Mm-hmm. This is different. Okay. Um, like I said, I got a lot of info from the internet. Um, one website in particular was the Skeptical Juror. Juror? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, like I said, a bunch of other websites. Okay. The skinwalker is popular in the Navajo culture. Okay. And every time I I hear the word Navajo, I think of Jurassic World where, why can't I think of his name? We've seen Owen. We've seen his Chris Pratt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where he says, I was in the- Chris Pratt is a skinwalker. (laughs) No. Where he was telling, um, telling that girl, I should know this. We've seen this a bazillion times. The girl. Is a skinwalker. No. No? Okay. Where she's talking about him tracking the dinosaurs, and he was like, I was in the Navy, not the Navajo. <laughs> yeah, remember that? Yeah, okay. I do remember that. Totally, yeah. totally did not go along with this, but that's what I think of. Actually, it did. The dinosaurs are skinwalkers. Oh, okay. A skinwalker is a person with a supernatural ability to turn into any creature that they desire. Many Native Americans dislike the fact that skinwalkers are now appearing in modern media. I mean, you can get on TikTok and see people with like, is this a skinwalker? Or YouTube with videos of, is this a skinwalker? So how did it get out there into mainstream media? One instance I've seen, and I didn't do a lot of research on this because I feel like this could actually be a whole nother episode itself is the Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there, oh, there's a lot of shit that goes on there. Um, but the family that, ha- I think it was started in 96, the family that had it started reporting that they would hear voices. I, I don't want to say too much, though, because okay. like I said, that could, be an act- that could be an actual episode all on its own. Okay. And I think then is where it started, like, gaining popularity. Uh-huh. Because one thing is, the Navajo do not like to talk about skinwalkers. Why at is that? All. Why is it? Because their fear is that if you mention a skinwalker, it brings their the skinwalker's attention to you. So if you're talking about it, and there's a skinwalker, I don't know how close they have to be to you, but they're like, oh, this person is talking about a skinwalker, so now I'm fixing to go mess with them. So not a specific person, but just the topic of skinwalkers. Exactly. So they do not like to talk about it. And makes sense to me. Okay. I mean, that's their belief, so, which is why they don't like to talk about it. Okay. Um, Skinwalkers... To Native Americans, it's they're also not simply an urban legend like the Mothman. They are considered a genuine and important aspect of Navajo history. Okay. 
So this kind of goes along with the Wendigo. The Native Americans up north believed in the Wendigo, but you had people writing and saying, oh, would they just tell these stories because of this? But the stories had actually been around long before the white man, the Europeans, came and brought them notebooks. Brought the damn homework <laughs> with them. So skinwalkers are actually corrupted spiritual healers which then become practitioners of witchery. So to become a healer in the Navajo tribe, you have to be obviously well-versed in magic, whether it's good magic or bad magic. Okay. So, I mean, you got to know how to use the good magic, but also if somebody has bad magic put on them, you got to know how to take it off, how to reverse it. Mm-hmm. So what happens is a healer will choose to use their powers that they have for evil. Okay. And they will walk freely amongst the tribe during the day and then secretly transform under the cover of night. And, and you said to anything. Is that uh, even human? I'm going to get into that. Oh, okay. Because I do have characteristics of skinwalkers. Jumping ahead. Mm-hmm. Sorry. In order for a spiritual healer, obviously they turn evil and they want to do bad, but in order for them to actually turn to, be, like, actually become a witchery, um, they have to break a cultural taboo, which we kind of mentioned this in The Wendigos also. This can be achieved by killing a close-blood relative. Okay. Performing incest, necrophilia, or just any other evil act. So, when they complete one of those acts, it doesn't say how many they have to do, it is said that they destroy their humanity, and therefore that allows them to come fully initiated in the way of witchery. Okay. So, when they become fully witcherized, they then receive supernatural power. So, when they receive this supernatural power from turning to... The way of witchery, they then become powerful enough to where they could actually become a skinwalker if they choose to. So it's not like they, they come into witchery and they're automatically a skinwalker. Mm-hmm. They're still a process, which I'm fixing to get into. So they have that power. If they choose, they can now become a skinwalker. And the way they do that is they have a dance slash song ceremony that is used to curse instead of to heal. So I guess like a healing ceremony that they have, they have dances and stuff. So this would ultimately be the opposite. A, okay. A special ceremony of dance mm-hmm. to like do evil. Both men and women can become witches, but men are more commonly initiated. It is generally thought that only a childless woman can become a witch. So, and like I just said, that just because they get this supernatural power and they're in witchery, they're not necessarily a skinwalker because they have to choose to do the ceremony to become a skinwalker. So, not every witch is, is a skinwalker because they have to choose to do that ceremony to do the skin be a skinwalker. Mm-hmm. But every skinwalker that's out there, they are a witch. What if you're a male? Would you be a warlock? This says a witch. Okay. Which, maybe that's a white man term for a witch. The warlock, which I know there are male witches that they are called warlock. Maybe that's the white man term. Okay. I, I don't know. Okay. 
these did not discern. They just said witchery. So these are not necessarily native by birth, Native American by birth. Is that right? No, these Am are Native Americans. Because I didn't think that natives came up with the term witch. They have another name for it. I cannot pronounce okay. it. And this it is from the Navajo language? Right, okay. but it translates, it translates to witchery. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Which, I mean, they could have us, I guess they probably might have separate names for male witches and women witches. Mm-hmm. And maybe it just hasn't been translated yet, or maybe they just don't talk about it because, I mean, it is taboo. Okay. It's, it's a, I mean, obviously it's a no-no to them. Sure. You, you don't do this. I can understand. Yeah. So, when the people that become the witches, they are basically an evil society. Because, I mean, all these people decided that they wanted to do harm instead of good. But what they'll do is they'll gather in dark caves or a secluded place away from people because they don't want to be known as. You said something about humanity uh-huh. earlier. Mm-hmm. And this is them losing humanity? Yeah. What The way they believe is if you do incest, if you mm-hmm. do... The crime. Right. Right. It's inhumane. So, therefore, you're losing your humanity if you do that. And if you start losing your humanity, it's easier for the evil to get into you. Okay. So, this is completely different than, say, Sam on True Blood. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Because, I mean, he's portrayed as as a nice guy that can go back and forth. Right. To... You know, whatever he feels like, mm-hmm. he, or, or I guess there's rules, mm-hmm. you know, he has to see it, or right. whatever. Because he was, he was a skinwalker. Right. Okay. But that's not this. No. Okay. Mm-mm. All right. I mean, this is the, what we're talking about is the actual Native American which, way. Which is the reason I asked, how did it get into mainstream media? Well, you remember how I told you about the Wendigo? Yeah. How? The stories that I told you were totally different from what we yeah. see in mainstream media today. Right. Well, the way that it was changed to make it more interesting for media. Yeah. So I'm thinking like most of the stuff that we do hear about skinwalkers is changed to make it more interesting. Because also you got to think about it. Native The Native Americans do not talk about it. And mm-hmm. also... I'm sure they don't freely talk about witchery and stuff because it is taboo. Okay. I see what you're saying. Right. Okay. Yeah. So this evil society of witches will gather in dark caves or secluded places. And when they gather, it's for several purposes. They can initiate new members. So if there's another spiritual healer out there that's like, hey, I just want to be fucking evil now. They can, I guess find a witchery person. I mean, I would assume assume that maybe they're drawn to each other by their evil. I don't know how they find each other. Right. But they do. They'll initiate new members, plot their activities. I guess that would mean, well, I'm finna mess with this person or put a curse on this person or, you know, they can harm people from a distance with their black magic. So I guess they get into their little secluded space and they do their magic. Like, hey, this guy over here looked at me sideways. Okay. So 
I'm going to do this magic to take out one of his eyes so he can't see sideways no more. <laughs> I mean, I don't. <laughs> and I'm not funny. meaning to make a joke about it, but I mean, we don't know. Like, we're not there in these ceremonies. So we don't know what all they do at these ceremonies. Or, and I mean, we're not making light of it. No. But, I, I not get what you're saying. Right. I mean, you know, it's, it's something that. Um, I'm just trying to make an example. We don't want to offend anybody either. Right. So. But, I mean, we're also Native American, so we know how important this stuff is. Yeah. But just to kind of give kind of an idea. Sure. Yeah. So, they'll harm people from a distance with their black magic, and they'll also perform dark ceremonial rites. I don't know what that consists of, because, like I said... I guess it's one of those things, unless you're there, you really don't know what they're doing. Right. But it is said that those that have chosen to become a skinwalker, when they're there, they will shift into their animal forms or they'll just walk around naked. Uh, the leader of... Same thing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Same thing. The leader of the skinwalkers is usually an old man, which I don't agree with, who is very powerful and a long-lived skinwalker. A what? A long... Lived. Oh, lived. Okay. Yeah. So, but my thing with that is, why can't a woman be the leader of the skinwalkers? Why does it have to be a man? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't even know why you're looking at me the way that you're looking know. at me. No. Uh, you know, my tribe in the 16, let me see, 1600s, I want to say 1620s, Somebody may correct me and my family and say, no, it was like 1640s or 1660s. I don't know. But at some time in that range, we had a female mm -hmm. chief, and she was a great chief. She mm -hmm. was well loved mm -hmm. by the United Homo Nation. And um, so anyway, I don't know why it can't be a woman. Right, because, I mean, in Native American families... I mean, the women are seen just as important as the men are. It's not like, I don't want to keep saying in like white families, because I know everything is evolving, views are evolving, yep. but I mean, it's always been the women were just as important as the men. Sure. So. Yep. Okay. Let's get into some Skinwalker characteristics. Well, don't they just look like? normal people until they turn and then they look like just a normal animal? Kinda and kinda not. Well, I mean, that's what you see on the movies. That's right, the movies. The and movies you know, and the, the movies TV are shows. always right. Yeah, I mean, are. hey, they've got to be getting this information from somewhere. Yeah, from their own interpretation so they can sell their movies and their TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about it. Okay. And there are like on some of these, like the Wendigo, there are a couple of things that might contradict themselves. So it probably just depends on which elders of the tribe pass down the history. Okay. And I've already touched on this, that it is said that to say skinwalker out loud will attract them to you. I've already said that. And it's kind you of like, said it a lot. So we right? ought to have them just banging down the door here in a minute. <laughs> So, it's like you're marking yourself. To say the name out loud is to invite them to yourself. So, is it the, you say the name, is it the, the word skinwalker yes. or is it, okay. Yeah. Okay. Because 
nobody's supposed to know who they are. And I'll get into that in the characteristics. Oh, I see. Right. I see. Yeah. Okay. A skinwalker will kill out of greed, anger, envy, spite, or revenge. That, that's a lot of reasons to kill somebody. It is. Yeah. They live on the unexpired lives of their victims, and they must continuously kill or perish themselves. So I took that to translate to unexpired lives as they find, like, say, you wronged me, and I'm a skinwalker, so now I'm going to start torturing you, whether it be spells or just coming to your house at night and knocking on your windows and start feeding off your fear. So that's how I'm going to thrive is feeding off of your fear. So as long as you're alive and I can feed on your fear, I'm doing good. See, I took that a completely different way. Okay. How did you interpret it? If someone is killed by a skinwalker, the years that they had left in their life, the skinwalker gets. Okay. That's kind of the way I heard it, mm -hmm. but I could be wrong. And I could be wrong, too. I mean, we're not, I mean, we're Native American, but we're not Navajo, so, and our tribes didn't. That's right. Right. We didn't share this skinwalker stuff. So, right. I mean, we could both be wrong. We could be. A skinwalker is most frequently seen as a coyote, wolf, fox, eagle, owl, or crow, but it has the power to assume the form of any animal that it chooses. Okay, so that was Sam on... Mm -hmm. He was a dog. Blood. He was, well, yeah, he was a dog. Mm -hmm. um, I have seen a show where it had one as a fox, mm -hmm. an eagle. But remember, Sam was a white man. He was. Yeah. He sure was. He yeah. was pretty white. Yeah. So, I don't think he really could have been a skinwalker. So, you're trying to tell me that True Blood was fake? Come on. What? I'm trying to think of a smart-ass comment <laughs> <laughs> to come up with. For anybody that has not seen the show True Blood, it was on HBO, but I think now you can get it um, maybe on Amazon. It really is a good show. It's about it is. vampires yeah, and, yeah. and werewolves and, and skinwalkers. skinwalkers. It's really good. So. And sookie. 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 Snooky. Oh, my You're goodness. You're thinking of Jersey, Jersey Shore. Shores. Oh, my goodness. But Sookie was a fairy. She was a fairy. Yeah. Yes. She so. was. Okay. I'm sure that just about 90% of the audience that we have has probably seen True Blood, though. Yeah, because, I mean, if they're listening to us, oh, then yeah. they probably like the same things we do. And yeah. their families probably like the Adams Family, too. Yeah. So. Yeah, probably so. Yeah. And you know that was filmed in Louisiana. Yes. Really close to where we live. Yes. So, mm -hmm. as a matter of fact, there's a store. Yes. Called Bon Ton. Yep. But not the same one that was in the show. Which Bon Tom in the show was, was a city was uh, the city yeah yeah but yeah. in reality mm -hmm. yeah okay okay We're too far into true <laughs> blood there uh, the skinwalker can take the shape of an animal just by wearing its skin so okay that's kind of fakeish though isn't it like, no what they're I, saying is like if you see 
a squirrel. I don't think you know, Skinwalker would want to be a squirrel. I don't know. They might. I don't know. But, I mean, they could kill it and skin it and, like, put their fur on and then, I guess, turn into maybe a huge-ass squirrel. Or maybe they would, like, go down to a small squirrel size. I should have picked something better to yeah. use as an yeah. example. Yeah, because that kind of sounds like almost leather facey Right. Ish. Right? Yeah. So. Okay. And for this reason, the Navajo have a strict policy against wearing animal pelts. That If they wear pelts... It would only be a sheepskin or a buckskin because those animals are seen as non-dangerous and non-predatory animals. So those are those skins are the only ones that are worn during ceremonial events. A okay. sheepskin or a buckskin. Uh, okay. All right. I've I've got to I've got to throw the flag on this one. Well, I mean, the only reason a buckskin would probably be dangerous is when he's in rut. There are a lot of. Mm-hmm tribes that wore buffalo skin mm -hmm. that wore bear. but those were mainly northern tribes that did have to have that stuff to be yeah but the, it's the same premise mm -hmm. would be in effect right but these so it's just this is this is just the navajo mm -hmm. so what you're saying is no other tribes believed in skinwalkers um other tribes believed in skinwalkers, but they had different variations of them. We're going by the Navajo. Okay, got yeah. it. Yeah. All right, yes, and you are correct. I do not know a lot about Navajo Indians. Right. So I, I cannot speak to their what they wore, what they didn't wear. Right. What they hunted and what mm -hmm. they didn't. So. Right. Skinwalkers are commonly believed to be the color white while in animal form. This is how many distinguish a skinwalker in animal form from a regular animal. Okay. Okay. And I kind of want to put out there um, also, yes, a lot of this was found online because, like I said, the Navajo, it, they do not like to talk about skinwalkers. So I'm hoping that a lot of this that we're saying is true. But my fear is maybe some people have kind of added to it their own things. Because, like I said, there's going to be some instances where it kind of contradicts. Mm -hmm. so, well, that, I mean, that was one of them. Right. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. And, I mean, it's not like we can contact a Navajo. I mean, even if we did know a Navajo, they would not talk to us about it. So. Well, they. that's true. They, right. The ones that are very into right. their heritage mm -hmm. and things uh, and, and know the mm -hmm. history of, they're not going to talk to us. Right. The ones that are willing mm -hmm. to talk about it probably don't know a whole lot about the history. Right. And that's not meant to be offensive. Right. It's just a matter of, you know, your, well, your, um, the heritage of the Navajo tribe. Right. If it's being passed down and passed down and passed down, it could be diluted right. at times. And probably those that still live on reservations, they probably have a, a more a better knowledge of it. Yeah. Um, than those that say move off the reservation. Um, true. Yeah, I w that's what I would think. That's true. Yeah. Where did I leave off? Okay. In animal form, a skinwalker can be spotted by moving stiffly and unnaturally, or acting strangely. And for some unexplainable reason, even a well-seasoned skinwalker, meaning one that has been a skinwalker forever, 
They cannot obtain the perfect animal gait, and they will also leave proportionally incorrect sized animal tracks. So I guess they're saying if you see an animal moving weirdly, um, it might be a skinwalker. My thought would be, oh, that animal right there got some damn rabies. <laughs> but it could be a skinwalker. Well, I mean, depends on what they mean by, Yeah. you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know because I've never came across one, thank God. <laughs> so or maybe are, I had and didn't know. Are they harmful? What, a skinwalker? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. A skinwalker can be spotted and singled out from other people, meaning in human form, because their eyes glow like an animal's, even when they're in human form. Like when they're spotlighted? It doesn't say. It just says even in human form. So maybe, because I would think that, like, during the daytime, if you see somebody walking around in your reservation and their eyes are glowing, I mean, it's more obvious you would know that they're a skinwalker. Because to me, it seems like those that are, they're obviously not parading it around like, hey, sure. I'm a skinwalker. Right. So I would, I probably would think that it would be at night when you shine lights in them. Okay. Skinwalkers are usually very hairy in their human form. I have nothing to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm sitting there thinking, who do I know that's like really hairy? I really don't know anybody. But if I did... You know, that's kind of odd. Mm -hmm. Because historically, Native Americans... Don't have not, a lot of body hair. They do not have a lot of body hair. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if this means, like, obviously, maybe before they do the ceremony to become a skinwalker, they're obviously not don't have that much body hair, but maybe mm -hmm. after... Maybe. That's when they acquire a lot of body hair, which to me would still make it hard for them to fit in unless they're well, shaving like you, all the time. Right. I mean, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. Okay. You know, you're sitting around a fire outside of your teepee. Right. And, you know, Dances with Wolves pulls up and he, ro <laughs> he rolls up on he his. He just pulls up. He pulls up on his horse and, and right. he's all hairy. Mm -hmm. I mean. But would he actually have. See, now I'm going, I'm, I'm thinking more into this than I probably should. But, you know, animals pick up on, like, evil things. So, you would think hmm. during, in human form, would, like, a horse, like, if a person that is a skinwalker, but even though they're in human form, how would that horse react to them? Hmm. That's interesting. That's a very interesting question. Hmm. Because the, they smell. Mm -hmm. They smell another animal. And if it's a predator, a horse gets nervous. Even if it's not, if he, even if the skinwalker is in human form, I would think that they would still sense. Because, I mean, sure. they also have senses. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. They also possess the ability to make any human or animal noise they choose, regardless of their current form. So, Again, if you are in the woods no. or you are in the mountains and you hear a human voice calling to you that is not supposed to be there, do not go to it. We've had this discussion. You know I'm going to go did, right in the to go. it. Mm -hmm. And I'm still not today, Freaky Jason. <laughs> a skinwalker may use the voice of a relative or the cry of an infant 
to lure victims out of the safety of their homes. Now, see, that's just evil. A skinwalker cannot enter an inhabited home without an invitation. So since it can't come in your home, it's going to be one of your relatives outside calling to you like, hey, come outside. And yet again, if I know my relative is not supposed to be outside, then that voice is just going to have to stay outside. <laughs> well, crying baby. I mean, that's just pure evil. Yeah. And then Cause see, that one your would loved be, one. That uh, the crying you know? baby would be harder for me to ignore. I know. I mean, we got a we actually have a raccoon in our neighborhood that people have been posting on Facebook, yeah. and trying to get in people's houses. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could be a skinwalker, but it doesn't look. It does not look aggressive. Either. No, and yeah, because they've shared videos on Facebook. So obviously, in my mind, and to my husband, I'm like. I want that raccoon. <laughs> so. Until it bites your face off. Until it bites my face. It wouldn't do that. <laughs> so maybe if the skinwalker was just outside looking at me like a little cute raccoon, then yeah, I would probably be screwed. So I wonder what would happen if, you know, we walked into that person's backyard and got somewhat in the vicinity of it and, and just started skinwalker. What would it do? Oh, the person that's actually a skinwalker or the raccoon if we started pointing at it and calling it a skinwalker i don't know of any other native americans that live in our neighborhood so hmm. they would probably be like our neighbors would probably be like oh cool let me get out my cell phone and come take a video <laughs> you're probably right whereas a native american would probably be like oh get that out of my yard i'm just thinking who done sent this to my house like you said what if it's a skinwalker yeah i'm just thinking would it then try to kill us it probably would yep but mm -hmm. it's a raccoon it's a cute raccoon and everybody thinks it's pregnant so we can bring it to our house and it can have little raccoon babies and then we can have little raccoon babies running around our house along with our cat and our dog no. he's shaking his head at me no. okay some skinwalkers have the power to read human thoughts. So it could like be sitting here looking at you and tell what you're thinking. They, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could use it against you. If it's using black magic, it can use it against you. Whatever can, your thoughts are. Can you tell what my thoughts are right now? No. Okay. Some believe that skinwalkers have the ability to steal the face of a person. Like, like. Not Texas Chainsaw okay. Massacre. I'm, I'm thinking. See, you can read my mind. <laughs> so I'm, I'm guessing that they could actually look like another person. I, I don't know. Okay. If you lock eyes with a skinwalker, they can absorb themselves into your body. And. <laughs> He's looking at me all crazy. <laughs> Which they can then make their victims say or do things that they wouldn't otherwise. Some believe that if you make eye contact with a skinwalker, your body will freeze up with fear. And the skinwalker would then use that fear to gain power and energy. Wait a minute. That sounds like Medusa. Oh, that's true. No, I didn't say turn you to stone. 
They'll you just, said freeze. Oh, that's true. You'll just freeze with fear. Skinwalkers are uh, believed that they gain power from a victim's fear. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. A skinwalker can use anything a personal belonging, and they'll use it in ceremonial rituals against the person that they are doing evil against. So it could come get your hairbrush and oh. use it in a ceremony. Oh, okay. Whatever's personal to you, they can use it. All right. They could control other creatures, such as wolves and owls, and actually make that creature do their bidding. I don't know. Yeah. This next one seems kind of far-fetched. In Native American beliefs, I've never heard of this. So I'm, I'm kind of wondering if this is just kind of thrown in there. Uh, a skinwalker can summon spirits of the dead to reanimate corpses to attack their enemies. No. Yeah. No. That one I was kind of like, mm. No, that's like. Now, I know they'll talk to spirits of the dead. Yeah. But that's about all they do. They yeah. don't actually reanimate dead bodies. No. Yeah. I got to I gotta definitely throw the flag on that one. Yeah. That one was kind of, mm. Skinwalkers use a powder called corpse dust to poison victims. And maybe that's where this kind of came from. The, the one I just said about reanimating corpses. Maybe somebody just kind of threw that in. Um, corpse dust is composed of ground-up infant bones, um, specifically bones from the fingertips and the back of the skull. A skinwalker will use this to blow it in the faces of their victims or down the chimney of the victim's home. Soon after the victim breathes the dust, their tongue will start to swell and blacken and they undergo convulsions and die. Yeah, see, desecration of a grave right. is not something that Native Americans, but you know. But if it's evil, if it's a witchery person. I mean, I guess, but. A regular Native American person will not. No. Because that is very. That is highly against the right. rules. However, if this person is performing witchery, I mean, they're already going against so you're not when you say witchery, you're not talking about like the witch doctor type mm -hmm. stuff. You're talking about you're talking about an actual witch. Yes. Okay. Skinwalkers are notoriously hard to kill. Trying to kill one will often result in the witch seeking revenge. So since they're hard to kill, if you try to kill one and you don't succeed, they know who you are now and they're finna fuck you up. Okay. Yeah. You can get assistance from a powerful shaman who knows spells and rituals. And it's said that they can turn the skinwalker's evil back upon itself. Uh, okay. It's also said a human form will keep any injuries that are sustained while the skinwalker is an animal form. Mm -hmm. Which is sometimes a good way to find a skinwalker that is hiding in your village. Okay. It is also said that if a Navajo was to know the person behind the skinwalker, they had to pronounce that person's full name. So, like, if I had a suspicion and knew you were a skinwalker and you came to me in your skinwalker form, I would have to say your full name to you. And about three days later, the, that skinwalker would either get sick or they would die for the wrong that they have been committing because, obviously, they're out there committing evil. All right. Um, it is also believed that to kill a skinwalker in animal form, you can shoot them in the head or in the neck with bullets that are dipped in white ash. So 
So there's a lot of different variations there on how you can kill skinwalkers if they can be killed. Sure. So, okay, real quick to type, to round this up. I know we followed our Wendigo one with stories yeah. of Wendigos, but I actually have a true crime case oh, shit. that involves a skinwalker. Oh, hell yeah. Let's hear it. Okay. Um, this was gotten from the the website that I mentioned at the beginning. The let me go back to it. The skeptical juror, and also from newspapers.com. I read a lot of the articles regarding this. Mm-hmm. It's the death of Sarah Saganitso. So Sarah, she had worked at Flagstaff Medical Center Center in Arizona for 15 years. Okay. On Friday, June the 12th of 1987, this was her first time on the night shift. She usually worked days. She was due to get off at 11 p.m., so she was last seen by a custodian of the hospital at 10.55. She doesn't show up at home, so her relatives began searching when she didn't come home to take care of her four-year-old son. And they actually ended up filing a missing persons report on... June the 13th. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't mention it, but Sarah is Navajo. Okay. Sarah's body was found on June the 13th at 2.30 p.m. by a person that worked as the head cook at the hospital. They had a search team going out on the hospital grounds since that's where she was last seen at. Mm-hmm. She was found between rock crevices on a wooded hillside on the southwest side of the hospital. Her truck was parked on the east side of the hospital. So, at first, everybody was like, well, why would she be going on the southwest side of the hospital? Because, for one thing, it's not well lit over there. And her truck was on the other side of the hospital. Okay. When she was found, she was nude. She was beaten. Her left breast appeared to have been bitten off. Whoa. There was a broken stick across her neck, and a clump of grave grass was found beside her vehicle. A clump of grave grass? Grass, yeah. Like grass that had come from a grave. And I'll get into how that's figured in. Because, I I mean, a regular person looking would be like, why would somebody just leave a clump of grass here? But if you don't know, then you wouldn't think nothing of it. Right. Okay. Her sister, Rosemary Williams, had said that Sarah was uncharacteristically <laughs> fearful around the time that she was murdered. So the days leading up to her murder, she Sarah had actually said, hey, I'm being followed by this other vehicle. She was also hiding screwdrivers in her dresser at home, hiding screwdrivers in her medicine cabinet, and she was sleeping with a crowbar under her bed. Damn. Yeah. So... Like I said, this was in June. They, the police have no leads. So finally on August 15th of that same year, a man calls his minister. The minister's name is Floyd Patterson. And this man is telling Floyd, he's like, I'm having these bad dreams. I'm having these visions and they're dark. And so the minister starts thinking, oh, he might know something about this murder. So, Patterson, his son-in-law, was actually Detective Gerald Blair. So, he calls his son-in-law, and he says, Hey, I had this guy who's actually, you know, he goes to my church, 
he's talking about he's having these dark visions and all this. Might want to check into him. So the man is actually interrogated, and he was arrested, and he was charged with first-degree murder. Wow. So the police, after the man was arrested, they start telling reporters that the man was a transient. And reporters are like, okay. And, and they're like, you know, we're kind of unsure of the man's background. But when they start appearing in the newspapers, the man's friends contacted the newspapers and they said, uh, this man isn't a transient. And we're not sure why the police are trying to portray him as this. So the man was actually 36-year-old George Abney. He was a former English instructor at Northern Arizona University. And I say former because he was fixing to get ready to go to China because he was going to be teaching in a university over there. So this man is not a transient. He's not. That's what I was just fixing to say. This man is not a transient. This man is, uh, what's the word? Not instructed, but this man is, uh, I can't think of the word. Educated? Educated. But he did, reading into his background, he did serve in, I think it was the Air Force. Uh-huh. And he did have kind of not really bad mental issues, but he did have some issues. So while he was in the Air Force, they did do like MRIs on him. And it did show that his brain waves were kind of different from like a regular person's. So I don't know if this kind of gave, maybe gave him a diagnosis that maybe, um, it didn't say what he was formally diagnosed with. I mean, I wouldn't think that depression could have, make you have visions and stuff, but he was diagnosed with something. Okay. Yeah. So when George was interrogated, because like I said, they went and picked him up. Yeah. The interrogator persuaded George that he had actually murdered Sarah, even though George had never met her. Like he talked him into it? Yes. Wow. George was promised that if he cooperated, he would not go to prison, but instead he would receive treatment at a hospital for his mental illness because he is actually having visions and stuff. Okay. Not necessarily of what happened to Sarah, but I mean, he is having like, I guess a, an episode. Okay. So George is like, okay. So George starts telling him stuff, but he was wrong in the guesses. Cause at this point he's just guessing cause he didn't know Sarah. So the guesses that he was given, he was wrong. He didn't know the crime facts. He didn't even give a correct description of Sarah, the victim. So the best, the interrogator sends him to a jail cell and George is like, you know, he's still in the middle of his breakdown. I'm going to call it a breakdown because I really don't know what medical term they gave it. He's still thinking to himself, okay, I need medical treatment. And they told me that if I'll cooperate and do this and this and this. So he calls them back to his cell the next day and he begged them, can I please try again with the facts? He was wrong again. At this point, you got to kind of think, do they have anything to hold this guy on, you know? And this info here, this actually came from that um, that juror website. I mean, and I actually seen this part on a couple of websites. I mean, there, this has been written up in, um, in cases of juror, I mean, not jurors, of uh, people that have been persuaded to confess to a crime they didn't commit. 
or have actually been led mm -hmm. to confess. Yeah. So. Because that's what's going on here. Oh, this is exactly sure. what's going on. So anyways, he failed again. And he also had an airtight alibi on the night that she was murdered. And it was corroborated by several witnesses. So when he showed up in the newspaper that he had been arrested, these witnesses contacted the newspaper. They're like, there's no way he could have done with because on this date, we were here with him. Yeah. It didn't matter. The prosecution also, when it went to trial, said that the bite marks from where Sarah's uh, breast was torn off matched George's teeth. What? However, the defense actually had three experts that testified that the wound was not caused by teeth marks. It was actually caused by an instrument that would resemble a knife. Also, George was not linked to any fingerprints, blood, hair, or any other forensic evidence that was at the scene. So, they have a fake confession. They have... No evidence. No bite marks. They no, have nothing. no... Yeah. So, the defense is what I'm going to get into was like, y'all don't have nothing. Sorry, I just bumped my microphone. So, the defense calls their own experts. So, the defense actually called a medicine man to the stand. William King is actually an Apache shaman, but he resides with his Navajo wife on the Navajo Indian Reservation. Okay. And he said that that clump of grass that was found next to Sarah's pickup truck was grave grass, which Indian witches used to foretell death of people or to cast a spell of death on people. Oh, shit. So this is coming from a shaman. When they showed King pictures of the grave grass while he was on the stand, he physically shuddered. They seen him shuddering. And they're like, okay, that's weird, but I mean, he is. King testified that he recognized grave grass because the grandfathers gave him a special gift to know and feel these things. Okay. And he, and he went into explanation. All right. Their grandfathers are more or less what the white man calls angels or the helpers of the creator. Okay. The grandfathers are spirits of ancestors that have come back to help living natives. Right. So that's where he got his knowledge from. Okay. Which obviously makes sense. Grave grass is from what Indians call the dark side. And Indians are fearful of grave grass because it is from the dark side. And people on the reservations have fear not only for themselves, but their families. If you talk about things from the dark side, which in this case would be the grave grass, it is like taking a magnet to metal. It draws these things to you and to your family. Okay. And King said that he can discuss these matters because he does have protection from the grandfathers. But does his family? I would assume. I would assume so. I yeah. Guess. Okay. Uh, King also testified that the grandfathers actually led him to a site, which he didn't know what the site was. But when he went to the site, Sarah's sister, Rosemary, actually went with them. And Rosemary actually said, um, this is where Sarah's body was discovered. So he didn't even know that. So it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. But there was another expert that the defense had. 
I mean, they really just tore this up. So this other guy, an expert, his name was, I don't know how to say his name. I'm going to go at it. Barre Tolkien. Okay. He actually called what happened to Sarah a form of spiritual terrorism, which is also how Navajo witchcraft is described. Hmm. Yeah. Tolkien said, do you remember how I told you that she had a stick across her neck? Yep. It was testified that it was the stick was carefully placed across her neck. Sticks are often associated in, in the Navajo with threats of killing, and placement across the neck symbolizes cutting off of her breath, which is the life steam which Navajos associate with wind, constituting a link between people and nature. Right. And furthermore, the stick was actually broken when it was placed there, which would be um, a typical account of a witchcraft murder. It is said that breaking a stick while uttering a Navajo's war name is actually associated with ritual slaying. Okay. And Sarah's hand appeared to have been placed behind her head, which this expert said appeared to have been a pose intended to intimidate persons who discovered her body. So Tolkien then looked at the picture of where her breast was gone. And he said that this was consistent with traditional accounts of slaying in which witches want to cut the tip of anything off, like tips of noses, penises, and most commonly would be pads of the fingers and toes. Um, but anything that has circles and appears as an ending falls into this category. Hmm. Yeah. She also had a crescent uh, moon-shaped laceration that was near the removed portion of her breast. And he, this expert said that that is uh, a common symbol in the Navajo culture. The fact that the moon was, was leftward, I guess it was pointing the opposite way, is symbolic of the waning moon, which can mean taking strength away. I've actually heard of that. Mm-hmm. It said if the wound were simply a simple knife strike, it wouldn't be significant. Right. But since it looked like a crescent moon, it became significant. Mm -hmm. um, he also me mentions the importance of the grave grass, but I'm not going to go over that again because we just heard from the medicine man the importance of it. So, okay. um, her body was found nude. All her personal items from her jewelry to her hearing aid were, were gone, and they were never found again. This uh, expert testified that witches are known to bury such items in the graves of others who have died, which is a tactic intended to play emotional and spiritual havoc on surviving relatives. Painstaking removal of personal possessions is significant in light of no apparent attempt being made to hide the body itself. So this is the part where the skinwalker kind of comes in okay? Um, because of the animal hairs. And it says that the expert says that it wasn't like animal hairs that you would have to look at under a microscope. The animal hairs were actually a couple of inches long, so they were easily seen. Wow. Okay. Right. So animal hairs. Mm-hmm. And they're blaming this guy. Mm-hmm. You see, that just, it kind of looks like cut and dry case of an, an animal attack. Mm -hmm. So how did this fall on this guy? And maybe because the cops were just... Looking to close the case? Looking to close the case. Um, because it was actually... He was found not guilty. Okay. 
Um, and it was actually said that, I guess about a week after he was found not guilty, there was an actual interview with her family, Sarah's family. Mm-hmm. And they were wanting the police to reopen the case. because, And they said they never felt that George was a person who did it. Okay. But they wanted the police to reopen the case. And the police said they were not going to reopen it because the evidence that they showed to them proved that George was the killer. So they were not going to reopen the case. That makes no sense. Right. And her case is still unsolved to this day. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But, yeah, so the defense brought in their experts, the shaman and this other uh, expert, and they kind of showed the way that it could go. Her death could have went along with witchcraft, which, I mean, she was Navajo. Yeah. So... And she believed something was after her. Why would she have screwdrivers in places? Why would she be sleeping with a crowbar under her she, bed? She had seen something. Right. And, you know, with the beliefs that you've kind of gone over, mm-hmm. it kind of sounded like she may have identified a skinwalker. Right. And therefore, they were fixing to be after her. Right. Right. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dang. So, we're not talking about Sam on True Blood. <laughs> no, we <laughs> we are talking about something obviously more um, ancient. Yeah. Even yeah. though, I mean, I'm sure people that are in the tribe today that are the healers or whatever, yeah. they could still become a skinwalker if they chose to do evil. Yeah. So. That is crazy. Yeah, and what I found interesting about this is kind of like, unlike the Wendigo, where it's like somebody could put a curse on you, or you become a cannibal, and then you get this curse. I mean, this isn't a curse. This is actually chosen. Yeah. These people actually choose to become a skinwalker. But they lose their humanity, though. Right. You know, I mean, I don't know. It's it's like uh, you're choosing to... Lose right. your humanity. Right. And uh, I don't know that I could make that choice. Now, Right. to have a power like Sam had, mm-hmm. yeah, I could, I could be on board with that. You know? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> right? Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I guess I could see that. Yeah. So, so yeah. Maybe, I could, maybe I could turn into that raccoon that you're, that you're wanting. Oh, but that's a female, so. Oh, yeah, that's true. Which I don't know what the rules are on that. Like, yeah. If a, a male skinwalker, would he have to become like a male animal? Yeah. I, I guess he would. I don't I know. Guess. So if I did turn into a raccoon, would you pet me? I would. Oh, I like to be petted. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Now you're getting <laughs> creepy with it. Uh, well, that is the story of the skinwalker. Yes. The history mm-hmm. of the skinwalker. That was, uh, that was good. Yeah. Well, thank you. We've got a couple more that we need to add to that folklore tales. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I was asked to do the Jersey Devil. Yeah. And we're not talking about Tony Soprano either. <laughs> so. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I definitely want to do that one. There's a couple of other ones that I'm kind of interested in and, as well. Yeah. You know, I don't know that we're going to do the Bigfoot because it's just so widely covered. Right. You know. I mean, you have the Mothman, you have uh-huh. the Jersey Devil, you have, you know, so many other ones out there that actually don't have anything to do with Native Americans. Right. And so I think that we definitely need to cover those as well. Oh, well, definitely. Sure. Well, thank you for sharing that. That was interesting. A very interesting. Tale. Right. 
not what I was expecting to kind of get into. I, and I wasn't expecting what I was reading on it either. Yeah, I was right. like, whoa, okay. So, yeah. I mean, it gives you a different perspective on it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, y'all stay tuned for another episode that is coming to you very soon. Yes. Until the next time, be disturbed in your own way. We'll see you guys in the next one. Bye. Bye.